0: Good morning, church. It is good to be in here where it is warm. Amen. Hey, we are so glad you're here today. If it's your first time, let me also say welcome. We are so glad that you are here, especially as we begin a new year together. We're beginning a new series that we started last week called Belonging. And it's this idea that really deep in the DNA of every person and, and every single one of us, there is this desire to be needed and to be known. Even though we live in a world where people want to be unique and want to be seen as different, we also have this basic human craving to be needed and to be known. So we're talking about this idea of belonging. We have this very uh, interesting tandem bicycle on stage, which I'm not going to ride for you today, so don't uh, worry about that, uh, to remind us that, you know what, if you look around, you see a lot of people riding solo, but that's not the way we were created. Like God made us for himself and God made us for each other. This is the way that we were created. But my guess is is that some of you, maybe many of you, walked into the room today and you had the same thought, the same experience you have almost everywhere you go. You walked into the room, you walked into church today and you thought, one of these things is not like the other. And the thing that doesn't fit, the thing that doesn't belong is me. A lot of us have felt that. Some of you feel that today. But here's what we know is true. That if you've ever found, if you've ever discovered, if you've ever been able to experience life with a group of people, if you've ever found that sense of belonging, then you know that everything changes. And that's true because that is truly how God created us. He created us with this deep sense of belonging for himself and for us to experience with each other. Uh, This past week, uh, my wife, Alicia, and I, we got to go out to the movies on a date night. Have any of you seen The Greatest Showman yet? Anybody in the room seen that? Yeah, incredible movie. I won't spoil it for those of you who haven't, so don't worry about that. It was a fantastic movie, and it's about this guy named P.T. Barnum, who put together a circus, and I was struck as we watched the movie unfold how this uh, incredible man was able to pull all kinds of different kinds of people together and give them a sense of belonging in his circus. And and as I watched the movie, just the idea grabbed me that isn't this what the church is supposed to to be about, to be like? A a place where people, all different kinds of people can come together and find a sense of belonging, uh, not because of our differences, but because we know that every person is a person of immeasurable worth because of Jesus and what he did on the cross. Like we know that this is what is true, that everyone has a sense of belonging in the church of Jesus Christ because of the cross of Christ. And that gives us an incredible sense of belonging. And the church should be that place where people can come together and find that sense of belonging. But you and I both know, we know. It seems like The world has never been more divided. The church on Sunday still continues to be incredibly segregated. So what do we do? What do we do? And how do we find this sense of belonging? A man by the name of Scott McKnight wrote a book called Fellowship of Difference. And in this book he talks about this whole idea and he does it with uh, an illustration of salad. Now, I don't know much about food or salad, so I wanted to invite my friend Joe, uh, the baker, Joe Baker, on stage with me. Joe, if you'll come up and grab your stuff. And what I'd like to do for a moment, if you'll just indulge us, is to maybe experiment with what it's like to, uh, to, see, to see the church in view of a salad. So you've got your stuff there. Will, if you can grab that power strip. Uh, I'll grab this table for us, Joe. Here we go. Oh, yeah, actually, you can put that in. We'll grab it say. together. Might be a little easier. I say, you've got your Wheaties. I... Uh, yeah, I don't. So um, I know it looks like I work out, but... Uh... Here we go. Thanks, Will. Why? Why are they laughing at that? Uh, here we go. Sit you up over here. So uh, what we want to do real quickly is 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 put together a salad uh, for you guys. Now I know some of you were hungry, and I apologize in advance.
1: About well, and that. and we brought you an apron. We don't what? want you to. We don't I... want you to get. We don't want you to get dirty. This, this right? really wasn't part of the plan, Joe. It's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll help you tie. I it. even I know. These know, things are a little tricky. No pictures. Like, <laughs> Put your cell phone's down. See if we can just get a screenshot. This is the Perfect. last time I'm inviting Perfect. Joe
0: to come on stage. This,
1: this is not good. All right. Uh, why do you get that apron? What? Well, this. See, that's a training apron. And this is training. This is this is your training apron.
0: This feels like something Blair would wear. <clears throat> All right. So uh, what I've got, Joe, is I've got uh, some some incredible salad ingredients. I'm going to make a salad. And I thought. I'm not sure what all this is, but uh, you can put something together as well.
1: So these are real vegetables. Um, well, <laughs> you know, you can find these at any grocer, most I, farmer's markets.
0: I found this at a grocery store. It's Classic Garden Iceberg Lettuce.
1: Ooh. Yeah. And I, oh, look, weird. everything's already in there. It's, it's fantastic. Right? <laughs> you like that? What do you got? Uh, so I have red lettuce. Uh, I like red lettuce, especially since you called me in January yeah. for a salad throwdown. Um, so basically there's joke, there's, there's, so. there's red lettuce only this time of year, so this is what we have. Uh, I like it because it's a little bitter, it's still very crunchy, which most people look for in the iceberg, but it actually has color, um, this, this is, so, yeah. There's some of this, I don't know what that is, but. Well, that's that's red cabbage, oh, but I'm, I mean it, may, it, so it may actually just be funfetti, I don't even know <laughs> to be honest with you, it might be left over from New Year's, right, it when the be. ball drops. I don't know. So. It's crunchy. Crunchy, delicious.
0: What else you got over there?
1: Uh, so then we have cucumber, right? Yep. Uh, I have some croutons made from an actual loaf of bread. Really? Uh, I've, yeah. I've got
0: croutons, and these are actually Texas
1: toast. Endorsed, right? Cheese Shout out. Cheese and garlic. Some of you are getting really hungry right now. <laughs> I'm gonna rip this bad boy open, right? We're in Texas, so I got Texas toast. Yeah, so. yeah no, that makes sense. Uh, and then obviously I have some Parmesan, and I actually need DJ to help me out with this uh, real cheese. Like,
0: Real from a cheese monger. I've got cheese.
1: And then if you'll microwave that for one minute, because you know what they say, if you teach a man to make a cheese cracker, you feed him for life, right? So we just microwave that for one minute.
0: This is fancy sharp cheddar. Oh,
1: mine's mine's not fancy. And with DJ, I think we dropped the fancy oh, down really? a notch, right? But you also see this. <laughs> you I mean, said it, not I me. Mean. I've got uh Is that looking good yet? Yeah, I mean, but I, get, I just... It's getting more color. I yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely more color. I just yeah. don't know if it's better color, right? <laughs> Uh, and then over here, I'm going to actually make, I believe you're going to go with what kind of dressing?
0: Well, I'll get to that in a minute. Before I get to that, you have to have bacon. Because bacon makes everything better. Well,
1: bacon pieces. Well, that's what it says. Right? But it's, I'm ba- sure it's from N Bacon pieces. No, no O in there. There's right? no O. Yeah. Just baked in pieces. Right.
0: Very, i got to open this bad boy it, up. It may
1: or may not actually be bacon products. Uh, I have some Dijon. A little bit of olive oil. Yeah. Uh, actual olive oil from, from Greece, right? Because You're really going to have oil. too much
0: bacon. Whoa. Some of you are like, I don't want that salad.
1: I <laughs> can tell. Look, I don't, I don't want to burn the mystery here for you guys, but uh, I don't know if you actually have any bacon, to be honest. Right? A little bit of lemon juice. Lemon juice in a salad. Absolutely, give it nice sharp contrast. This uh, is sharp cheddar, remember? Well, it's fancy. Mine's just. Okay. I mean, it's it's dull.
0: I do have some uh, some. Some Hidden Valley, ah. the original ranch
1: from the Hidden Valley, of course. Yes. Mine, mine's out in the open. It's just right here, so <laughs> okay. we don't we don't have to. I don't to worry see about a, that. I don't
0: see any kind of like bottle for a dressing though.
1: Right? Well, it's you know we're making it. Oh, we're, we're actually like, you can imparting do that? our essence into this. Really? So yeah, this is going to be a delicious dressing. A little salt, a little pepper. You have salt and pepper, right? I don't. I, no? I'm not opposed to salt though. Oh, okay. So, so do do you need a little help here? Sure. Go ahead. Yeah. Now it's fancy. See, that's good. Okay. first
0: i real good. Oh,
1: do So, So, you must have like a, an endorsement deal with Hidden Valley at this point, right? I know,
0: I just like rich. You just,
1: that you just buy it by the pounds? Yeah, that makes sense. Thank you, DJ. Right, so we microwave Parmesan for one minute. And we actually get this really cool little cracker made of cheese because what's better than fancy cheddar yeah. is actually cooked crispy cheese. It's a little something to take home for you guys, too. I've never even heard of that before. Right? Cooked
0: crispy cheese. Yeah. That, that's never and been then, a sentence.
1: And then if you move fast enough, yeah. right, we can actually shape it, have some fun with it. If you're really, really adventurous, you can turn it into a butterfly. I don't know why you would, but... Uh, uh,
0: this, this is good right here. I'm, I'm actually done. I'm you're finished. done.
1: Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, good. I'm going to set that there. So you have the quintessential salad. Right, everything came chopped, everything was already ripped up for yep, you. Luckily, yep. your lettuce wasn't red, which is always a, a good color. I have red lettuce, uh, but okay. it's not that rust red, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I actually just like to tear mine, right? Yours comes cut. Yeah, mine you... was already done. See, so yeah, yeah, I mean, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you got more time to watch the game or you know, ponder <laughs> on what those bacon bits actually are. That's right. Um, you know, we can really dig deep to, to what's going on. We have a radish an actual radish from the ground. Really? Yeah. They make those? They do, they do. They come, uh, they come not cut, it's unfortunate, but it's an occupational hazard, I guess, okay. right? So we get our, our radishes in here, right, our time. Since you're just standing there, I mean, feel free to... I, I don't I mean, know what to can, do. Oh, okay, no, I mean, that's fine.
0: <laughs> like This is the extent of... That's what you got? I mean, as a disclaimer, like I make incredible microwave popcorn and a mean Domino's pizza. You've won awards,
1: been on TV shows. Well, so the joke is, since I'm on film, I'm assuming I'm going to get runner-up again. Yeah? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's actually pretty painful. I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop right now. It's, uh, it's a little painful for me. I but... think you might win this contest if it makes you feel any better. Well, I mean, it's, it's low-hanging fruit. But, uh, you know, I'll, I'll take a win, that's for sure. And then here, you know, you can use a vegetable peeler. You don't even have to have any knife skills. I've never even just, seen that before. You can just kind of make this a little exciting right on there, right? A little salt, a little pepper, because seasoning's important. I know you used... I'm just thinking if I ate that, I'd still be hungry. This? Uh, yeah, it's well, if you, if you ate that, you probably wouldn't breathe very well for a little <laughs> while. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you, you wouldn't be hungry. That's that's true. What's going on with this? So this is... Like you're cooking on... No, I... Literally. I am, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, you are what you eat. This salad is... Um, <laughs> white and pasty, yeah. uh, and so what I'm going to make over here is something warm and rich, and so I would much rather be warm and rich with a poached egg as my salad dressing. I thought when you bowled an egg, you put the whole egg in there with the shell. Right, you so just... this is a poached egg, right? Yeah. So we actually take it out of the shell, really? and, we, and we just let it kind of wrap itself up in there, yeah. and what we're doing is we're going to cook the, the egg white, All right. leave the yolk nice and runny. It'll still be cooked, and it'll still be fine, but if you've never experienced like a runny yolk, it really is the best sauce, okay, right? Okay. Uh, so we'll let that go just for a couple more seconds, and then of course we have to have tomatoes, yeah. right? Even though it's January. I did forget that. Yeah. You did forget that. Yeah. I'm sure your bag had the option. It you probably, probably did. just Overlooked I it somehow. I was <laughs> in a hurry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know what you were distracted by. Maybe the manager's special salad or whatever this may or may not be. Right.
0: There were other bags with other fancy words. I didn't know what.
1: <laughs> you other meant. Fancy, other so, fancy words. Yeah like eat here and green and fresh, local, things like that. That's good. Right? All right. So we're almost there. Is that egg ready yet? Right. It's almost there. But see, this is the thing about food. Sometimes you have to wait. Oh. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I know that you're part of the on-demand generation. I could have been done by now. You have been done, yeah. That was the problem. (laughs) Right? So we have our egg. Beautiful. And this... Is a salad that I would want to eat, even if I was still a little hungry afterwards, <laughs> right? So, I mean, what do we think? If you're going for quantity, clearly. Church, uh, what do you say? Come on.
0: you are laughing at
1: me. I think it's the apron. I think it's just the apron. <laughs> I'm going to say they're
0: laughing with me. That's what I'm the, the, There you go. There we go.
1: Right, and then we have this one. We'll give it just a couple more drops of olive oil for fancy, and then you know, enjoy. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. Give Joe a big round of applause. Right. You just leave it there, please. I'll just leave it there. Don't no, drink this. Perfect. I won't. Do you, do you want to keep this on? I no. am
0: going to take this off because it would be incredibly hard to finish with this well,
1: thing. At least you kept it clean. I was a little worried, to be honest with you. There wasn't much work to Do You ranch all over this thing? Yeah.
0: So uh, we do all that to make this point, and Scott makes this point in his book, which I think is an incredible point. What the church has done so often is we've made salad sort of the American way, right? We filled it with the lettuce and the croutons, the bacon bits, the whatever, and then we douse it in ranch, And so even if there was the possibility of enjoying any other flavors or textures in this version of a salad, everything tastes like ranch. It's all the same, right? But the right way to make a salad, which Joe did so beautifully for us, um, is to make one that has the beautiful colors and rich textures of all different sorts of flavors and foods, so that when you eat it and you enjoy it, it brings out all the rich complexity and diversity and, and flavors that exist there, the way they were created and intended to be enjoyed. But what we've done in church so often is we've taken whatever diversity and complexity and differences we have, and we've, we've doused them in a ranch so that instead of having oneness in Christ, what we've accomplished is sameness in Christ. We've taken the church and we've doused it in a ranch so that any, any different ideas or differences that may or could exist between us, we try to cover those up. And we try to, to let the, this is, this, is, this is pretty gross as I look at it. We've tried to cover it up and let just one flavor emerge over the rest. But this isn't what God intended. It's what God wanted. God intended for the rich, rich complexity of his people of humanity to come together and to bring out the God flavors of this world. And as the first church began, this is really what happened. And I don't know if you've thought about this or realized this or if when you've, when you've gone back and read the story of how the f- church first started, if you've seen this, this truth emerge. But in Acts 2, you see the church coming together. Uh, we're going to read from Acts 2 if you have your Bible or if you want to open that up or turn that on. Acts 2, we'll start in verse 42 this morning. But you see what happens as... The church begins to come together, and Luke is writing a letter to his friend Theophilus, and he's been careful to investigate everything that happened to report back to his friend what's going on and what the church looked like when it first started. And this is what, this is what Luke said about the church, starting in Acts 2, verse 42. He said, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. So again, you see, like we saw last week, the church is meeting together and they're praying together and they're believing together. Verse 43, And a deep sense of awe came over all of them. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And the believers met together in one one place and shared everything they had. What What happens when we encounter God together? What happens? As this first church gathered together and they stood there in awe of God together, it seemed like everything that would separate them, the differences that would keep them apart, the things that traditionally we would use to sort ourselves out into different categories and different groups, all of that faded away as together they were believing in and standing in awe of God. This church came together, believing together, worshiping together, and standing in awe of God together. And what they had in common was Christ and him crucified. And anything that might separate them or keep them apart faded away as they came together in awe of Jesus. And what God had done on the cross. Now I want you to think about this because my my bet is that some of you have experienced this. Some of you have worshipped together. You've been in awe of God together. Maybe, maybe in this room and some of our times of worship, I know I've experienced it. We're together. We've experienced God and we have stood in awe of God together. Or maybe... Maybe you were uh, uh, on a mission trip and one night in your diva with your, with your team as you were reflecting on what God had done, you experienced God together and you began to be in awe of God together. And Maybe that's happened in your home group as you've gathered to meet together and pray together and talk about your lives and what God has done. And as you do, you, you together you stand in awe of God together. And you know what happens when believers come together and they stand in awe of God together. Everything else fades to the background. And what happens is we elevate Jesus and when we elevate Jesus everything else fades away and you know this because some of you have experienced this that in those moments, in those seasons of life where you've been doing life with people like that, with believers in Jesus and there comes a need maybe you're in the middle of a tragedy you're enduring some hardship or it's a difficult season of life or something's gone wrong with your family or with your health or whatever, you know that those people are the ones that come And whatever they have that you need, it's yours. It is yours. Because you have worshipped God together. You have stood in awe of God together. And when that happens, you're quick to share everything you have with each other. This is what Luke says in verse 45 about this church. He says, They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper. And they shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Isn't this a beautiful picture of the church? Like, don't you want to belong to this church, this church, who, who was quick to give away whatever they had to help each other In times of need, this church that was meeting together and and believing together and praying together, this church that was elevating Jesus together, and and, and, and lest you forget, this church was not filled with people who were all the same if you're anything like me you've probably read these verses a hundred times, a thousand times, but I think we're quick to forget sometimes that this church was filled with lots of different kinds of people, last week we read about how 120 believers in Jesus had gathered in the wake of the resurrection and ascension of Jesus. Luke continues to tell us right before these verses that those 120 believers were praying together. And that as they were praying, God sent his Holy Spirit to these people, these men and women. At that time, there were people from all over the world gathered in Jerusalem, all over the world living in Jerusalem. And when they heard the audible sound of the Holy Spirit coming into the lives of these 120 people, they rushed to the scene to see what was going on. And listen, listen to what Luke says in Acts 2, verse 7, just before these other verses we read. The crowd said, how can this be? They exclaimed. These people, the 120 believers, are all from Galilee, And yet we, the crowd of thousands, hear them speaking in our own native languages. And listen to the differences represented here. Here we are, Parthians and Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, the province of Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the areas of Libya and around Cyrene. Visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. And we all hear these people speaking in our own languages, about the wonderful things that God has done. And it's after hearing Peter, in this moment, preach the first gospel message that 3,000 of these people from all over the world who are now living in Jerusalem believe in Jesus and are baptized into his name, becoming a part of the church of Jesus in Jerusalem. And it's out of that 3,000 that now you've got little house churches all over Jerusalem popping up of 20 or 30 or 40 people gathering. These, These people are a true fellowship of difference from different places around the globe. They speak different languages. They've got different colors of skin, different backgrounds. They come from different places on the social map. You've got people coming together in these churches. One of them is obviously the homeowner who has a home large enough to host a church. And then uh, along with him and his wife and his kids, his family, he has his slaves. Their friends come over, you've got slaves, you've got people that are free. You've got young people, you've got old people, you've got male, you've got female. You've got people from every walk of life, from every end of the earth, coming into these churches. And they could not be more different, but they could not be more united in Jesus Christ. And this is the picture of how the church began. As a true fellowship of difference. Jews and Gentiles, rich and poor, male and female, young and old, all coming together. Forming a church. Believing and meeting and praying together in the name of Jesus. Again, I love what Scott says about about these verses. He says, do you think these folks agreed on everything? Impossible is the right answer. Were they a fellowship of difference? Yes is the right answer. Was life together hard? Yes again. That's the whole point of what it means to be a church, he says. The Christian life is not just about how I am doing as an individual, but especially about how we are doing as a church and how what I am doing in that mix of others called the church. God has designed the church, get this, to be a fellowship of difference and difference. That is what God. Has called the church to be. I think it's why Paul would later say. He would later say that there is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female. You are all one. You're not all the same, but you're all one in Christ Jesus. So two things I want to say today. First, whoever you are, whoever you think you are, how different, however different you may feel, you belong here. You belong here because this is a church of Jesus Christ. And in this church, you belong. Now, if for any reason, and I know this happens from time to time, but if for any reason any of us or we have made you feel unwelcome or like you don't belong for any reason, let me just apologize and say, I'm sorry. We're sorry. Give us a second chance. We are perfectly imperfect, and we get that. But you belong here. You belong here because you belong to Jesus And second, as a church, we have got to remain committed to being and becoming a fellowship of difference because this is the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus once said, they will know you're my disciples by your love. The witness of our testimony about Jesus and as a church will be based largely on how we love or how we don't love each other. This is the power of the gospel, that you and I elevate our love for each other. And it's not despite our differences, right? It's not that we don't see our differences or that our differences fade away. It's that what draws us together is one thing, and that's Jesus Christ. And if anything, those differences are to be celebrated. But here's the good news is we don't all have to believe the same thing or agree on everything to worship together. We don't have to all look the same or speak the same language to gather and be a church of Jesus Christ. We don't all have to come from the same background or be raised in the same kind of family to find our place here. That we find our place here, we find our belonging here because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross. And at the cross, we've said this before and we hang on to it as truth, that the ground truly is level. And that when we come there, it doesn't matter where we're from, what we look like, how much money we make, or what language we speak. All that matters is the central truth that we, too, are loved by God. And so we gather we gather at church because it's here that we find belonging. It's here that we elevate our love for each other to uncomfortable levels sometimes, right? And, and this may be a challenge for your day. And so if it is, let me just say this, that, that one of the things that I believe Christ calls us to is to elevate our love for each other to uncomfortable levels. And if that gives you pause, just remember uh, the, the degree to which Christ elevated his love for you to an extraordinary, uncomfortable level on the cross so that he could save you. In the same way, you and I are called to elevate our love for each other because when we do, we demonstrate our love for Christ. When we elevate our love for each other, we demonstrate our love for Christ. Church, if you would, let's let's stand together. I'm not going to make any of you eat the salad, so don't worry about that. If you want one before lunch, you can come taste Joe's. He won't mind, I don't think. I truly believe we are called to be a fellowship of difference in this place, a place where everyone can find belonging. Uh, Alicia and I enjoyed the, the movie so much, The Greatest Showman, that we took our kids to see it Friday night. And, and again, I'm not going to spoil the movie for you, but towards the end of the movie, uh, there's this... Uh, theater critic named James uh, Gordon Bennett. He's been given P.T. Barnum a rough time the whole movie. And at the end of the movie, he sits by Barnum and he says, you know, I didn't enjoy your show, but I I think people did. And then he said this. He said, you're putting folks of all kinds on stage with you, all colors, shapes, and sizes, and you're presenting them as equals. I love that. And then he went on to say, you might even call it a celebration of humanity. P.T. Barnum pulled different kinds of people, and he gave them a temporary sense of belonging in a circus. Jesus came. Jesus came. And he calls everyone to come together to find a place of eternal belonging in his church. And so today, if for any reason you've ever felt different I want you to know you have a place of belonging here. And as a church, we want to be unified in this, that we believe in Jesus. We believe in his grace and his mercy and his love come down to us. And today I want to end it a little differently. We're going to sing a song the church has sung for I don't know how many years, a long time. Uh, What I'd like to invite you to do as a sign of our unity, as a sign of our love for each other, as a sign that we all belong, is just to reach across the aisles right now and, Take the hands of the people next to you. Let's all join hands together as we sing this final song and as we celebrate our unity and our oneness in Christ. Let's sing.